Deanna Lana's podcast. Wendy Anna Lana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo! Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's a totally excellent podcast. This is season four, episode one of our romance novel focused podcast. My name is Alana and I am one of your hosts today. And I'm Wendy, your other host. Today we're discussing Deep Burn, Station Seven, number two by Kimberly Kincaid. How are you today, Wendy? I'm pretty good. I have a um, super needy foster dog today, so she she could be um, causing some issues later on. Um, if you hear any rustling or if you hear me go, ah, 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 that means that that's my foster dog. She sounds like a lot, like a lot to handle. Like she might like accidentally escape and then like a, a hulky man will bring her back in his arms and... <laughs> You guys will oh my god, perfect. Nurse her back to health. This is your new romance novel plot. Oh, man, or we go for a walk and then our leashes tangle. Oh. <clears throat> so cute. How are you? I'm good. I am doing this podcast from my new house, which is in Bloomington, Indiana, two hours from Lafayette, Indiana, southernly. Yeah, in my new podcasting studio, which is really just my walk in closet. <laughs> I might even put, like, I realize that, like, there's some of the shelves are perfect for, like, a standing desk if I wanted Ooh. to. Well, maybe I should really lean into this. My house is mostly open concept, which is good for, like, you know, your fi- all of your furniture fitting, but bad for podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I was like, where am I going to, where am I going to do, and then I found this, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where, that's where I'm at in terms of it. That sounds great. Yeah, it's very quiet. My cats are, like, behind another door after this door, so I don't have a lot of running around <laughs> kitty cats, like, banging at the door, like, let me in! <laughs> it is so important! It's because I don't know. I don't know what you're doing, and that means it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I don't know why this door is closed. <laughs> I don't really care, but doors should not be closed! <laughs> It's just, it's, you took away their choice. That's the problem. You were anti-choice. That was, that was exactly what happened. <laughs> Mort, my older cat, had to go to the vet this week. Not because he was sick or anything. And um, the last time he was in a car was when we drove him from the two hours between the two different places. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we put him in the car, he's like, please, no more two hours. I refuse to go another two hours. And he was like really pissed. And then when we got to location after 15 minutes, he's like, oh, we're just going to the vet. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that wasn't okay, that bad. All right. okay. that, was, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. And so on the way back, he was like, okay, cool. I'm not going to complain as much. It's too bad that you can't just like tell your animals like chill the fuck out chill the fuck out we're not doing that again or like listen i want you to be happy in this really terrible thing that's about to happen (laughs) so like how about you tell me some things i can do would you like to be drugged (laughs) i can make that happen can you imagine just like hanging out with someone a hundred percent of the time and having no idea what they're planning to do like no communication like you know like you know basically like where they're going like where they probably are heading when mm-hmm. when they are in that direction but other than that there's like nothing or like you know when the door opens of the refrigerator you know, probably food is coming out of there. Like, can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah like you just have nothing. My, my life, Absolutely. my world is dependent on you and I have no way to talk to you. Except for a little mm-hmm. wag of my tail. Mm-hmm. Talking about dogs. Yeah. Uh, cats don't yes. care nearly as much. They're like, fuck, I can, I can catch my own food. It's fine. They also have inside, they have access 24-7 to their, uh, to their toilet. Yeah. Like. They can, they can you know, do their business comeback. Mm-hmm. But they also are, like, interested in, like, what you're up to. And also, if, like, all of your stuff is going onto a moving van, they're like, what the hell? That's my stuff. People <laughs> yeah. are stealing my stuff. <laughs> Stop stealing my stuff. <laughs> and, th- and then your human puts you in the car and you're like, cool, I'm going to the vet. What the hell? <laughs> you drove me for two hours and now I'm I, I'm in this other place. I, and this is where all my stuff is. You've kidnapped everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mort was okay with that because he's moved before. But Minerva, this has never happened before to her. Oh, yeah. So she's like, dear God. God, what is this? I may die. I read somewhere, or maybe somebody told me that cats, um, cats really hate when things are moved in their environment because cats are tree animals, and you know trees don't move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
know if somebody told me that or if I just made it up. It sounded like both. It sounded like both. <laughs> it started out really uh, strong. Yeah. <laughs> especially. No, no. I mean, especially it could the, be something I read somewhere. That. It, yeah, it does sound like something you've read somewhere and also like something that you've made the up. Question, like the question is, did I make it up or did whatever the thing that I read make it up? Okay. It's not whether it's yeah. true. It's just... <laughs> Anyway, like, this isn't the cat anyway, podcast is, or the dog podcast. This is, this is not the cat podcast. So let me tell you about the drink I okay. made for us today, because because it's the drinking podcast. It is. It is. Novels. Yes. So um, this one I actually shamelessly stole from um a website, Difford's Guide, mm-hmm. and it's called the Fireman Sour, and it has one ounce fresh lime juice, two ounces of light rum, a half an ounce of Geraldine. Granite. I always call it Grail, Geraldine. Geraldine, but that's not like it's like a Golden Girl Geraldine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> grenadine syrup, and then egg whites, and you garnish it with some cherries. What? Why is there rum in there if it's a fireman's? I I don't know. I mean, that was just the name of the drink, and I was like, sure, I like all of those things. Wait, so it was called you. what? Like a fireman's what? Sour? Fireman's sour. Like a like a Pisco sour. Yeah, and the, the egg white is kind of like a whiskey sour as well. That's, that's yeah. weird because um, one of the things this book did for me was remind me of fireman stereotypes which <laughs> i didn't know was something i forgot and yeah. one of them is like the whole irish thing like you know and she's got this super irish name her last name is mccullough like yeah that would have been good too i went this morning to brunch at like the local mm-hmm. distillery in my town mm-hmm. and um one thing that he suggested when i asked him about it was also to make something with fireball which would have been good as yeah, well yeah missed opportunity there he had an interesting idea of fireball and some grated orange, and I think like a couple of other things. Anyway, so that sounds good. delicious. That be good too. Yeah, that was his idea. He also was like, you could also infuse some chili chilies into <laughs> vodka. What? I'm I'm actually gonna probably just go over there every before I yeah. do any podcast. He should be part of our and podcast. Do you think he'd read a I book? Know. He 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 looked like he might pretend like he read a book. <laughs> That's all we want. <laughs> to I pretend you read a book. I, I also like to I, say, all... do you think he could read a book? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I I don't know. I didn't get his name. I should probably get his name. Because this was like my... He seemed like vaguely interested in like what the hell I was talking. But then I was like, oh, I'm sorry for taking up your time. And he's like, it's my job. Like, 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 like <laughs> random ladies come up to him. Informing, <laughs> informing women. <laughs> With romance novel <laughs> cocktail themed <laughs> podcast about themed <laughs> cocktails is part of my job. I will tell you also, like in this town, um, the local public library has a podcasting studio. And I went in there and I was like, oh, cool, I have a podcast. And then I didn't give him any other context, but I'm like, hey, can I drink in here? <laughs> And I'm sure I got myself on a library list. Because <laughs> I wanted to see if I could, like, make my cocktails and drink them there. And they're like, no, that is definitely not something you can do. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I was super excited when you told me about that podcast. The, the funny thing is I texted you because I found another place I could find a oh. podcasting studio. That's Jeez. a different one. I live in a hipster town. That's just what you should get out of this. <laughs> also, like, can you drink in any part of the library, Alana? Really? <laughs> Like, you should know better. I know. I do have, like, a master's degree in, in you know, I should know the rules and regs mm-hmm. of libraries. And they did, that, that was one of those interactions. You know, sometimes when I'm having interactions in the public library, I'm an academic librarian. And sometimes in the public librarians, I have to stop myself, stop them and be like, I'm a librarian. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's why you're asking such specific questions. This was not one of those <laughs> conversations where I told them that I that I was a librarian. Is it like is it like sometimes when you talk to another librarian they're like spelling things out for you really simply and then you're like I'm a librarian and then they're like okay so e equals mc squared. Well, they were trying to explain to me um like I was like oh it's kind of weird that you guys have library finds and then they're like trying to explain like why 
they need to keep their doors open. You know? <laughs> and then and then I'm like, no, I'm a no, I'm a librarian, and I'm surprised you have library fines because it's a social justice issue. And they're like, oh yeah, totally, blah 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 blah, <laughs> because like library fines, overdue fines keep people outside of the libraries. You know, it, it uh, makes people feel unwelcome. Not like I want to hear your fiscally responsible <laughs> argument. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, funny. like I can see that. So that was also during my my trip to the Monroe County Public Library. Fun. Actually, I feel like I made it happen because I complained about the fact they had library fines because it's a social justice issue. Uh-huh. And literally, not two weeks later, they got rid of overdue library what? fines. What? Yeah. <laughs> Making change wherever you go. Jeez. I really don't know if the two things were caught were in any way related. <laughs> But like they're like, because oh I went shit! I want a stonebreakers here. <laughs> we better clean up. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I wa- yeah, and they're like, you know, you should leave a comment about how you think we should get rid of library fines, and I'm like, I will. And then I didn't in the two weeks, and then like not two weeks later, they got rid of library fines. That is so funny. I th- I like to imagine I affected that, and maybe I did. Maybe you did. I okay. affected okay. that. I've been in this town for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a social justice and warrior. People listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it actually, full things aside, um, overdue library fines, like, for one thing, it's more, in case anyone is wondering about this, it actually costs libraries more money to collect overdue library fines than they take it. Really? Yeah. It's a really terrible fiscal thing because it's so, because collection rates are so low on them. And what happens is you just, people get like, you know, $15 worth of overdue fines and then they never go to the public library again yeah and that means that they miss out on other programming like they miss out on um summer reading programs they miss out on the ability to use the computers because they're so ashamed of the fact they can't check out books now most library finds and this one is no exception if you lose a book you still have to pay for Mm -hmm. it like that's still around. If you keep a book long enough, it you will you will be charged the cost of the book. The re, the but what also happens every single time. So there's two different ways to do this. One is to wipe everyone's fines and then have no overdue, and one is to just not do overdue and keep everyone's fines as they are. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, like circulation usually doubles right after this. Huh. I know that at our at our library system, I recently looked at my library card for the first time in years, and I have something like thirty bucks. <laughs> in my overdue section and they have this thing that's like you know every every year or so they have like a pay your overdue fines thing and you can like bring in canned food or something but they haven't bothered me about it in a long time yeah having these sorts of limits on it especially the first wave of this was getting rid of uh juvenile overdue fines because like a five-year-old oh yeah cannot be trusted to know the days of the week yeah must let's return things in an orderly fashion promoting illiteracy that's fun yeah 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 and usually i mean i don't want to come down on parents but it's usually not the kids fault you know in general so juvenile fines uh, have been even longer out of out of uh Hmm. vogue shall we say vogue but faux pas it's gauche yeah which is why like i walked into this library which even like good old typical new county where i was coming from had hadn't had library fines in like 30 years the fact that like monroe county public library was apparently someone told me on the internet that they had taken away library fines and then reinstituted them which i don't know what the story is there that's weird new in town new in town uh isn't um shoot there's like a sorry there's a stand-up comedian who has a joke about being yeah you just stole that yeah i stole it so we should we should talk about the book but i also want to give my book report that um, yes please 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 turn in your book report now okay so last time we read i can never put the right elements into the same order what is it okay hang on i've got it in this document um (laughs) christmas uh uh an alien the alien nanny for christmas alien nanny for christmas which was a novella from a series (laughs) that we had no connection to and it was really (laughs) fucking confusing okay so yes previously previously on getting lit we read it and um alana was like i'm never gonna read anything other than this and i was like i'm kind of interested i want to know what the (laughs) hell is going on okay so here's here's this thing long story short the tldr is this is bonkers 
This is just <laughs> mad. It's ridiculous. Um, so, okay. So here's the world building going on this. So stolen by an alien by, isn't that Amanda Milo? Is that her name? Yeah. Amanda Milo. Stolen by, stolen an, by alien. an alien. And all of the um, future alien series is about um, women, human women getting kidnapped and sold on a like basically a flesh market in an alien like planet um like a big old human and other trafficking kind of planet <laughs> and they're sold because they look almost exactly like this species or possibly gen listen i can't i can't keep these amanda milo did not like expand upon the world building that was going on i was like are you a species are you a gender are you a breed are you a like what are you are you even related you know through the same like genus like <clears throat> i don't know okay so there's this planet that has grafala women that look a lot like human women except and i was a little surprised that they also just don't look at all like human women like they they have wings and they have sharp teeth and they have talons and also they're scary <laughs> and so um this species whatever it is has the the male counterpart is called a hob and a hob also has wings now the grafala um are so unique and r rare like i guess a lot of men are born way more men are born than women that they are um, highly valued and they take on an entire menagerie of hobs. Like usually, like a normal Grafala woman would have like 15 hobs. Heck yes, she would. <laughs> anyway, continue. I needed a joke. That's weird. Continue. <laughs> and <laughs> these, uh, these big meaty men also... Like, in order to get the Grafala into, get a little lusty, they mark their women by dusting them with the powder on the fairy wings, <laughs> which is weird. Anyway, so there's this whole society that is, you know, fantastically matriarchal that has women on the top and then men just live in this harem. And that's all fine and good. They have a lot of society stuff based around that. And then there's this other species, breed, race, genus. I don't even know. I don't know how these guys are connected. But there's this other place called the the Reiki. And the Reiki, that's the name of their group. They they kind of look like they're like dragon humans. And they're like Yeah, the, the guy the guy in um the our book that we read was a Reiki. Yeah. yeah. He was he was a dragon human with like spikes and spines and whatever. He so they are like the warrior class and they're usually assigned to a Grafala to guard her. Even though she has like 15 other men to guard her. <laughs> and um, they're not supposed to fall in love with the Grafala. But the Grafala, um, but the Reiki also have their own women that they have monogamous relationships and they also have a system of um ridiculously over ornate um mating rituals that have to do with him going wildly mad with the uh, lust and protectiveness and you know it's it's really strange <laughs> tldr bonkers <laughs> that just sounds like complicated as <laughs> it's well. complicated it's like i think what was happening is that maybe maybe this is like extreme shapeshifters because shapeshifters all come with this like bullshit story about like insta love where they smell their human or whatever and then there's all these weird mate mating rituals that they make up on the spot you know and then this was like a level above where it was like entire species and it doesn't actually connect to any kind of animal in any oblique way you know it also seems like a really complicated uh, premise to legitimize sex trafficking <laughs> Sex trafficking was bad, but also kind of like ignored. Like they were like, it's a whole planet. Meh. Obviously, the world building was secondary to this whole mate bullshit because we spend a lot of time on this planet. 
where they were just wandering around doing nothing and he was like protecting her she was getting getting to know him and she was like oh he's so sweet and cute because here's what i got from the story american men and or male human species are just too fucking annoying so you have to go outside of your entire species <laughs> to find someone who will treat you with respect. God, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I was like, this is like, I don't know. I've watched some like like 90 Day Fiance and and some things about mail order brides, you know, <laughs> like they're getting like the guys on that totally getting the upper hand because they used to be like part of the harem and now they're getting one woman who's like strangely subservient to them because we're used to a patriarch patriarchal society anyway there's also like a Weird. lightning frog what and there was definitely um i don't know why they're not exporting all of the human women on the earth because nobody had heard of humans and then they just kind of like showed up and they were extremely prized and also they're like subservient so hell yeah um anyway they uh they all got together like there was like 12 women who were who were kidnapped and they all got together at one point <laughs> and it was like this weird mishmash of like well i'm from africa and i have a lightning frog human <laughs> And then there was another one where, like, the two guys looked at the two humans that they had, and they just traded. So, okay, so, bonkers. And I don't don't think I can, like, get behind this series. Interesting premise, but also, you know, if it was just a little bit more well-written, I'm not saying a lot. I have read some shitty stuff. And if it was a little bit more, maybe I would be interested. Also, I found out that there's this like whole thing. Like, okay, so aliens, the alien subgenre, the whole taken by, kidnapped by aliens subgenre leads into what is called the reverse harem subgenre, which is you just, you just fall in love with six guys. That's a (laughs) subgenre. I feel like that would be hard to do with the romance novel tropes. Yeah. Like, I was trying to think earlier, like, would I be get behind a series where every book the main protagonist falls in love with a different dude. And I, I feel like I, I would feel a little cheated. Just sounds like a lot of work. There's a lot of dudes just wandering dudes. around being weirdly protective and in love with you. Like, if they were like, I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work. And we don't, and I don't mean this, like, in any way against people who are polyamorous. That's fine. But, like, I don't know. If if someone is... If I have to maintain multiple dudes, like, feelings and, like, feelings of self-worth, and also they're from a different planet, that's too much. It is a lot. That's too much. I gotta go and do other mm-hmm. things. Any any in conclusion from your book report on Stolen by an Alien? Bonkers. But also continuing with the um, insta-love, um, I go crazy... And possessive about her, which is kind of ridiculous. Would you say that people should read this if they like shapeshifter novels? Then? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say if you like fan fiction, it's it's a lot like fan fiction, where it's like you just make shit up because characters are wandering around doing nothing. That's mm. that's where I would go. But uh, that was ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about our main oh, book, yeah. Deep Burn. Yeah, I'm going to read a little bit about it. Firefighter Shay McCullough is all in all the time. When her reckless response at a fire earns her a two-week penance filing paperwork in the arson investigation unit, the rules and routines are enough to bore her senseless. But the discovery of a possible arson at a murder scene has her instincts fired up. And when Shay is assigned to assist Remington's elite intelligence unit with their investigation, she's all too ready to put booths first. To tech and the surveillance experts, James Capelli, logic isn't just a job requirement, it's a way of life. He's he's less than thrilled to work with Shay, whose impulsiveness threatens his sanity, who and whose curves threaten his composure. <laughs> Despite their differences, they uncover a case bigger than anyone would have expected. Hell, along with attraction that burns deep. <laughs> But a killer is no stranger, and Capelli's got a dark past. Can he and Shay outsmart a ruthless murderer, or will his secrets bury them both? Who knows? We read this because it's in the firefighter genre, but it's the lady firefighter. Mm-hmm. Chose this because we recently have done some where it's like this big hulking guy helps this cute little meek girl um, solve a mystery. Like that 
the one that was a tattoo but not really tattoo and i was just like over it i didn't want to i didn't want to see any like meek little girls hanging out but uh yeah what'd you think um i okay i'm gonna say that i like shay mccullough yeah she's quite a bit she had a lot of funny moments um that i liked which i can go into more but the rest of this book, I was not a fan of. Most specifically, later in the book, in order to lure out a monster, they basically have her kidnapped by him after wiring him money, which is just like, I don't, the whole time I was trying to imagine how this whole thing would have looked once you once he was actually brought to trial, <laughs> to be like... And then and then we we disrupted the chain of evidence by stealing a working arson case, you know, making it the possibility that maybe we would have tampered with evidence. <laughs> and then we came to a great idea about about what who might have done this by boning each other. <laughs> and then <laughs> Yeah. And when we were boning each other, then he remembered, oh, yeah, doy, it's my my old friend who I know from being in a criminal investigation. <laughs> and I'm so logical that I really thought that I should really head this investigation, despite my relationship with the people involved. Yeah. And then in the end, like, he follows them all there, and, like, he literally has to, like, I don't know, like, he nearly chokes the guy to death. Right? Yeah, and he also like, almost kills them, will... and then there's that, there's that scene, you know, where the the woman is like, "Don't make him, don't let him make you a killer," and then he's like, "I, don't you're right, I won't let him," and then he like lets go, you know. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I have to say is that do you remember Shadow from the Trilby book? What was that called? <laughs> I don't remember anything about the trilby book. <laughs> what was it called even? I don't uh, even remember. Oh. Okay, so the the book that we read by Linnea Sinclair, um, the woman that was the main character had this friend in her teenage years named Shadow who was really good at hacking. <laughs> and this guy comes along, the main the main villain, and his name is Shadow. And I'm like, finally, finally, this tie is just all tied up because we had no resolution with that. She was just like, this was some guy that I was friends with. Now he's disappeared. You know, I'm so glad that we now have found out that he took a time machine or across and a spaceship because that's your face in space. <laughs> Landed in Chicago present day and became a hacker. I'm really glad. It makes me feel better. Um, I I can agree with your statement. Um, I I also like Shay. I feel like she could have been a little bit more interesting. But um, man oh man, this this story like. At first I was interested because the guy is not necessarily like your typical hero. Like he's um he's very reserved, he's very smart, he doesn't like he's not actually a cop, he's um part of the intelligence team. And so I was Which is another reason why he should not have been at the scene of the crime. <laughs> yeah. anyway. And then he was like, I'm gonna be there. And the guy's like, Okay. <laughs> That's how protocol <laughs> protocol goes. Okay, um, but, um, and I also thought it was interesting because, um, firefighting is something I definitely would never do in a million years. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I'm, I feel like I'm born without the adrenaline gland or something because (laughs) I am never interested in, in, like, anything that produces adrenaline, you know, like, any kind of adventure Mm -hmm. like that. So, like, them talking about that kind of stuff, like, she she was very aware of her own breathing techniques and her own like feeling of adrenaline coming kicking in and what to do and what not to do when when you feel that come in like that was pretty interesting but <laughs> it all went downhill after they were like together because they were solving a murder and or solving a case together and then they made out. And then it like switched to like almost a shifter novel where he was like, I am ridiculously in love with her for shaky reasons and also really protective of her. Like he just like, th- it was like a flip to switch where he was like, 
okay, now I'm in love with her. And that's what we focused on for a long time. I was pretty bored in that part, which is not usual for me. Usually I like that kind of stuff. I felt like also the romance scenes were really bad. In general, too, which I think also made it really hard to get Mm. into them. (sighs) Let me just find one of them. I felt like in some ways they, I don't know if this author is a dude, it's not, but it felt like it was a little bit too much from the dude point of view. There was a lot of dude Um, point of view. And I was like, hold on, like, let's hear from Shay. Like, you know, it was pretty much equal, like splitting up until the love part came in and then it was like all him and it was all the same stuff too like it was too repetitive it was like she's too good for me oh guess what she's too good for me oh guess what she's too good for me you know that kind of bullshit there was like the 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 dialogue was like i think um, there was something in like chapter 15 where where she's like i want you she said (laughs) But before she could reach out and back up her words with any sort of action, Capelli dropped to his knees in front of her. You want me? You can have me. Right after I have you first. <laughs> read, it, read in exactly like, that tone. Right after I have you first. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, but like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like that, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. That's, that's just, she, he's on layaway. Like, and then and, and there's the thing of oh my god, which is on the next page. <laughs> I don't know, like um, and I don't know, like I just felt like the the attempts at one thing that I will say that I really think that made this a a lackluster romance novel mm-hmm. is there are two different times in which characters like describe um like really serious traumatic things from their past Mm -hmm. and they like bear these incredible stories that explain a lot about their characters Mm -hmm. and literally the scenes about those experiences are very short after they've told their story (laughs) like it's always like like i watched my friend die my best friend die in front of me and they're like okay cool (laughs) like they don't have like a like a longer conversation about how that might like affect her abilities, her love of intimacy, uh-huh. or like how like Capelli's relationship with his mother is like affecting. Like, there's no conversation. It's just like I'm here for you, and there's like it's it, they talk very little about their feelings, which is why like these attempt at like pillow talk uh, scenes are so stilted because like you feel as if the the characters don't really talk very much about the, their relationship relationship together right uh you know like the which which you think fits into their like lack for their like in uninterested intimacy but they clearly by the end of this period are like saying i love you to each other you know so like there's not a fear of intimacy in terms of that but there's not really a growth (laughs) as characters you know yeah right (laughs) which um i you know how like yeah i i just really couldn't get a beat on him like i couldn't i couldn't read him at all he was a very strange character and i just kind of wanted everything to be like more you know like shay would be more kick-ass and he would be more i don't know neurotic or whatever but i was like what's going on with you are you autistic are you reserved are you a sociopath like that could also be a possibility because he just didn't really do anything um and he also he changes character halfway through like he's very methodological mm -hmm. earlier in the story and then towards the end he's literally developing a hijinks to like entrap a character into kidnapping (laughs) someone yeah and and also confessing yeah like (laughs) i think that that's like that's a that's a scooby-doo type situation (laughs) that he's put himself into you know and so like he and he seems like for an unemotional character, surprisingly motivated by emotions. Just all you know? the time. His emotions was bleeding out of him. I wonder, like I've never read Kimberly Kincaid, so I don't know about the other books. I wonder if it's that situation where like a an author is writing a series and she wants to go through like the Backstreet Boy variety of of mm-hmm. men. So there's like the alpha male, there's the funny guy, there's the, you know, sweet and sensitive guy, but there's always one within the mix that I'm like, you don't even like this dude. Like, 
you are not, <laughs> you are not invested in this. Yeah, like this is the dude that sits with the headset during the during the actual stakes. You know, <laughs> yeah. like he's the tech guy. He's like yeah. the Oracle. He's he's the one who always has like you know if it was if this was a shifter thing it would be like he has this weird ability to like watch all of the screens you know twelve screens in front of them yeah yeah anyway and you can see that she's built she's clearly building all these other relationships and she's been through one already because yeah. that one guy got kidnapped and they've already killed like the first bad guy and this guy is like mm-hmm. a related bad guy right yeah I I think that um I think the intention was a lot more pronounced than the actual follow through where she like I mean he's just not your alpha male typical character he's he's more reserved than that and she's she's not your typical damsel in distress character and so like you need a little bit of subtlety within there to to actually make these characters a little bit more interesting you can't use the same old tricks you know because it just doesn't fly like can you imagine like if this dude was instead of who he was he was in instead he was a firefighter who um was a war veteran and he came out with that bullshit like you know you can have me after i have you like Like, it wouldn't be good, but you would swallow it. Yeah, it would make sense. But yeah, yeah, that sort of, like, possessive, like, ah, I'm a, mm-hmm. I must have you. Seemed like a strange thing for someone who's so methodological as a character, right? I will say that Shay had some really good lines. Like, I have one of the lines in front of me. Um, When they mm-hmm. meet in the grocery store, right? He's, like, coming up to her like he wants to chat her up. And then he sees it's her, and he's a little embarrassed. And she's, like, not had any problem with it. And then he said, I'm not sure that would be such a good idea. Surprise, Shay, Shay paused. You never know. It might be fun. Um, now Capelli's turn to pause. I'm, sh- I'm sure it would be a lot of fun, actually. And then she says, what's the matter, Capelli? Aren't you a fun kind of guy? Which is, like, such a great line, right? I just wish there was more um, of it. Like, I wish she was more consistently funny and he was consistently awkward because she's she's well and she and consistently mm-hmm. aggressive right he is like i'm gonna kiss you a whole lot in like a scientific way so that you mm-hmm. enjoy it basically but like they didn't really like take advantage of that relationship where she's such an aggressive character yeah. right like it just fell back don't... on the the old favorites i can i can see that and this is why like yeah i was i was bored through a lot of this i really didn't like it when we went to um von the bad guys view i feel like okay so my theory on that seeing the bad guys point of view is that mystery is an escapism for people who want answers mystery you always know what the villain wants and you always know why he did it and that's that's what mystery is for and there's always these points where you like have these self-indulgent moments where you get into the killer's mind you know but that's not romance (laughs) i'm not here for the mystery it's just like boring to me i was like okay (laughs) yeah he's the bad guy i get it you know He was really an uninteresting bad guy. Became more uninteresting Mm -hmm. as the story went on. When he when it became clear he was not a very effective bad guy yeah. either. For example, if you want people to not believe, so like basically Shay's on standy ground on whether or not this should mm-hmm. be an arson investigation, and like the bad guy's response, Shadow's response is to leave her threatening. Yeah, notes that kind of puts him writing. on high alert. <laughs> yeah, maybe what you should have done. I don't know. Had your like person on the inside talk about how those burn marks aren't actually indicative and of arson. And what does really have to worry about? With her like she was being ignored and gaslighted immediately anyway it should have been dust under the rug well yeah and literally the biggest break of this case is when capelli remembers that he has this one psychotic friend that has a problem with a couple of these people he has nothing Mm -hmm. he has no chain of evidence so like i mean he's real (laughs) stupid i will say yeah and yet still ahead of everybody else on the team i was at one point i was like man Man, you guys look stupid. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I imagine like the meeting that was like, uh, so he's uh wants to blackmail me, so my plan is uh to let <laughs> yeah. him blackmail me. And then and then like I can see like the police chief being like, yes, yes, I like it. <laughs> Where are we going with this? I like it. Where are we going with it? And he's like, uh, I'll let him blackmail me, and then I've caught him, and then I'm gonna 
I'm gonna like secure out security him, and then I can I can see like the new guy in the team being like, why don't you just out security yeah. him first, like before you give him two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then like Capelli being like, then he'd know it was me, <laughs> duh, duh, as opposed to when I give him two hundred, <laughs> he won't see it coming, he'll think it's over. Um, if this were like a superhero comic. His superpower would be thinking really methodically and um, knowing all the stuff. Much like how, like, Aquaman, when Aquaman fixes things, it's not like he fixes things by, like, psychoanalyzing people. He fixes things with with water, with animals, <laughs> with, like, ocean shit. Aquaman has a problem, he fixes it with ocean shit. Superman has a problem, he fixes it with Superman shit. This guy, Capelli, has a problem, and he, like, what like how did he fix it he didn't fix it with his own brilliant mind he fixed it with just like i don't know being there in love like that's what i was missing <laughs> i was really excited about the idea of somebody who was re- really methodical and smart and remembered everything you know and and there was a lot of that at the beginning I just petered out after a while yeah i think it's just like and i was disappointed in this book specifically with such a strong character like shay mccullough that we mm-hmm. had to do a kidnapping mm-hmm. i actually had a moment where i'm like I would like this book better if the police chief had been the person who got kidnapped, who is mm-hmm. also close to Capelli, right? Who arguably has a much stronger yeah. relationship with Capelli. And they were going out for like, you what, know? two weeks? Um, a week? I was like, there's no way. Like, I'm like, why don't you just do the same trap, but yeah. with like the police chief? Like, that would have been more interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they could work together on it. But then again, you would be like, well, then why would yeah. she be there? She should go back to fighting some Maybe fires. she should. Or like, Capelli gets kidnapped if this was i feel like this started out as a role reversal you know she's the alpha male he's the woman in distress or whatever and then just kind of like yeah she like saves another firefighter and like yeah and is like in support Mm -hmm. insubordinate and overly is very Mm -hmm. aggressive towards him and he's like the smart guy so he's not the one on the front line and i feel like if this was a true role reversal it would be like he would get in a lot of scrapes you know (laughs) but instead it like flipped a switch and then it was following the same old rule book as before yeah i felt like they could have been really good to be like oh no they've caught their Mm -hmm. inner person you know like like he feels like a good person to to kidnap and maybe they were like oh you thought I wasn't in control when I had her kidnapped, but actually I was. No, I was not that was convinced. that was out of the plan. She totally she, she put her cell phone on the the seat of the car so that she could get kidnapped. I was like, you fucking forgot your cell phone. <laughs> I did not. I did not believe that either. Yeah, I was like. Oh, yeah, that's how we knew. That was how it was supposed to... You did not know we'd take her into the tunnels <laughs> yeah. under the city. Come on. Come on. Just admit you were wrong. I felt like, also, there was there was sex, but there wasn't a lot of relationship mm-hmm. creation in this story. And also, like, there was too much police procedural. And I'm like, I need to pay attention because I'm reading a mystery and I want to know what the <laughs> clue is that tells them. Yeah. But it's not. That was apparently not the type of book. I did want to share another mm-hmm. line I really like from Shay. Well, first of all, there's uh, in chapter five where she says, even if she had spent the majority of the weekend swinging between hot and bothered over the ladder, it's just a line by itself. Stupid, <laughs> melty brown eyes. <laughs> I fully understood her at that point. I was like, I was like, that is hilarious. And then uh, there's this other one in chapter nine where she hitched up in surprise just for a flack faction of a beat. And damn it, um, could he have put his foot in his mouth any more thoroughly? He said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. But she cut him off from the rest of the apology <laughs> with a deep, unexpected laugh. I don't make any apologies for who I am, Capelli. So please. Don't make any apologies for noticing. I was like, yeah. Yeah, she's fun. At the end of the, I mean, at the beginning of the book, I was like, you know, opposites attract are all nice and good and everything, but I give this relationship a year because he's just way too (laughs) methodical and neat and she's way too impulsive. And we tried a lot. Maybe that's, maybe that's where all the effort went because we tried a lot to to rationalize those two together because he was like, no, like she has a reason, a really good 
good reason to be impulsive. Yeah, it's still going to bug the fuck out of you. Yeah, yeah. Even if she, even if her yeah. friend died. You're you're not going to be remembering that when she's half an hour late for dinner and you're hungry and you hate when people are late. There's a million tiny little things that could piss you off that have nothing to do with impulsivity. Her shoot first, <laughs> ask questions later attitude is going to be really annoying <laughs> if she doesn't do the dishes, you know? Yeah. Cleanliness alone, like I don't know how they would live together. Yeah, there was a lot of missed opportunities in this book and also things that I wish I was interested in, you know, like he kind of has an interesting background. Yeah, the whole, I think there's a missed opportunity for him to decide whether or not he's truly reformed when all he does is chase people like himself. He's kind of in in a holding pattern in his own life. He's really not sure if he's truly, if he's just betraying everyone Mm -hmm. he knows or if he's Oh, you know, you know what can fix that? Love. Love. love will fix that he love right. will become the reason love will become everything like he like immediately went from like i don't have anything to do and i don't have a direction to hello woman you are my life also like he was 20 when he betrayed his mother and got her mm-hmm. got her arrested and he seems to have no remorse yeah. over that and then she died in prison i was and more like in prison i was more surprised that like okay you can you're a, you're a bad hacker shame on you got a lot of money from disreputable sources where to go and also you know there's like counter surveillance there's white hat hackers you know like what the fuck are you doing in a police department who probably doesn't use it the problem with him like he goes into this thing where he's like you know i i do a lot of work because if i'm idle then i turn to bad things which we solved right up with love you could also be doing a way harder job if you're a counter surveillance white hat hacker you find hackers and then you stop them and they're really high in need and you really like you know and you earn a lot of money from that so there's other things to do and yet he's like sticking it out in PD, like just in the back room. I don't know. Just let me know when you need someone who's really good with <laughs> yeah, detail and, and spreadsheets. <laughs> spreadsheets. <laughs> you know there's someone coming to him when they're like, how do you make the cell turn blue instead of red? <laughs> like, you know he's working on that. <laughs> he's like, I used to be one of the biggest hackers in the world. Now I'm like making formulas in a spreadsheet so that people know what the final budget is or whatever how do i make a pivot table work also let's talk about the cover where there's a shirtless man in front of a fire hose which doesn't make any sense with this Um, book i didn't read that book i read kindle there was something else where i read where the guy wasn't shirtless he was wearing like a oh yeah my kindle is like that too i was just looking at the page on goodreads in which it's like Mm -hmm. a random beefy dude who looks a little bit too much like he might be a lady. Is he blonde on that cover? Because also the guy who was like in a suit or something on the Kindle version looked very like Italian and dark. And Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. like a button up shirt. He's like, I low key spend four hours at, at a gym just to let you know. Like <laughs> that's all. He also looks like he's oh, like yeah, his eyebrows are a little also, bit Also this dude, like, okay, so this dude is apparently ripped. That's fine. He also is blonde and he wears glasses. And oh my God, what I would do for a hero that wears glasses. <sighs> Wait, oh he wears God, glasses yeah, in this book? All the time. He's a. I missed that. I just got confused because the cover in both cases, he's dark and beefy and no, is not wearing glasses. No, he wears glasses in every single scene. He's always pushing up his glasses. Uh, and she's talking about how his eyebrows go up above his glasses. And I'm like, fuck, I would be so into that. Some beefy dude wearing some glasses. But then, like, my graphic design head pops up and it's like glasses are really hard to just plunk onto someone because the glasses are plastic and they're shiny and so you have to match the light source with whatever the light source is on the man and so it kind of looks like there's this weird light source coming from the opposite direction of where everything else is you know on the guy and then you're like oh that's just a copy paste but why not missed opportunity man could really eat that up. You know, if there's some du- some hot dude with glasses on a cover of a book, I would totally buy it. Isn't that literally stun the stacks? And he's like sir- shirtless in the library, which is even funnier. But those those copies yes. those glasses were also photoshopped onto his face. 
Yeah, missed opportunity. I mean, I don't know. That that seems hotter than the guy yeah. they have on here. He's just beefy. Even though, like, there's no mention in the story of no. that guy going to And he jail. sits at a desk all day. Yep. Maybe he has a, like, standing desk or something. Yeah, maybe he's, like, <laughs> pumping iron at the desk. Maybe that's something I should do. Just do arm curls <laughs> while sitting there. <laughs> just, like, mm-hmm. they come in and you're, like, sweating. Just do squats. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. So, yeah. You, you think you're going to read another of the series? No, there was too much mystery. No. What'd you think? Contemporary is too, like, <laughs> heteronormative for me. I just, like, like you know that if, yeah, the, if there were some yeah. witches in this book or, like, you know, if this was anything closer to an Alana Andrews, Shay would be fucking kick-ass mm-hmm. instead of, like, kind of kick-ass. She would be, like, rocking the world. Yeah, this book is, yeah, this book is ultimately no. not about her life as a firefighter it's ultimately about his life as a cop also do you think that slater anyway. is like a giant teddy bear there's this <laughs> slater is the in, which one is slater? like the newbie the rookie he's a rookie fireman and then he <laughs> Yeah. He, he gets like shocked by the blood and he like can't get out of the fire building. And then he was like, I really appreciate what you did to Shay later. Dope. Yeah. 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 It was cute. I thought he was cute. When yeah. she saved him, I thought that was very cute. Those, those are firefighters. That was firefighters. I'm always like interested in these. The, the contemporary subgenres because like the more specific you get, like firefighters, the more I can get behind it because it's like serial you know where like one one couple per book you know and they're also obviously focused on whatever the ridiculous genre is you know i can get behind those more like i'm just pretending they're also shapeshifters or whatever <laughs> but i'm i'm yeah. not sold from this book i'm not sold on the firefighter subgenre so I don't know if I'll be reading more. I don't know. I think maybe it would have been better if... I feel like an important part of the genre is um, the idea that you're constantly worried they're going to die <laughs> yeah. in the fire. <laughs> which no one seems to be yeah. concerned about in the story. Um, which I think would probably be part of a masculine as ladies being like, Oh, I'm so concerned about you. What if you die in a fire? And literally, Capelli is like, that's, he's so yeah. not concerned. He was like kind of concerned at one point And I was like, you know, she's a firefighter, dude. Like, she puts her life at risk every night. That's yeah. her job. Okay, so next month we are going to read Mermaids. Listen, it'll probably be bad. It'll probably be bad because that's what we read. We read books like this that are called <laughs> Deep Bird or An Alien Nanny for Christmas. Because that is that is who we are. That is what we are. I'm going to lean into our best selves. Merman. Sort of merman. Merman specifically. Like, mermaids are good and all, but I want to see a merman. And it fits in with my, my to-be-written webcomic, which is Mer-Nanny. Mer-Nanny. Thank you for listening to Getting Lit, available monthly on iTunes. For extra bonus features in this episode, you can visit gwenwendy.com slash S4EP1. Oh, I forgot to mention it's our season opener. It's season our opener. season opener. <laughs> we say that at the closer. Where you can read more about Wendy. You can follow Alana on Twitter at Librarian Alana. What's the best type of romance novel, Wendy? The trashy kind. Save the climate for the Mernanny. The Analana's podcast. Wendy Analana's podcast. Get literary, get literary. Woo!